loving father in heaven thank you for the privilege of life thank you for protection and guidance through the night we ask father that the life you've given us uh, you shall consecrate it to your service today as we go through the words of our devotion may they be spirit and life to us may we receive power to do your will and power to live for you we ask also father that you put your words in our mouth that we also will speak words that will be a blessing to all who would listen thank you lord for hearing and thank you for answering our prayers in jesus name i have prayed amen our high calling may 21 rejoicing in assurance if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you john chapter 15 verse 7 precious are the privileges accorded him who abides in christ the mind of christ dwells in his faithful followers their desires are in accordance with his will their petitions are indicted by his spirit they obtain answers to their prayers for they ask for such blessings as he delights to bestow but there are thousands of prayers daily offered that god does not answer there are faithless prayers he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. there are selfish prayers proceeding from a heart that is cherishing idols there are petulant fretful prayers murmuring because of the burdens and cares of life instead of humbly seeking grace to lighten them those who offer such petitions are not abiding in christ they have not submitted their will to the will of god they do not comply with the condition of the promise and it is not fulfilled to them they that are abiding in christ jesus have the assurance that god will hear them because they love to do his will they offer no formal worthy prayer but come to god in earnest humble confidence as a child to a tender father and pour out the story of their grief and fears and sins and in the name of jesus present their wants they depart from his presence rejoicing in the assurance of pardoning love and sustaining grace with a sense that jesus is by your side you will have cheerfulness hope courage and joy never never separate from jesus he never separates from us by the cross of calvary he has given evidence of his deep love for us he does not leave us to fight the battle in our own finite strength he says 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Jesus does not cast us off. Even when we grieve him, he clings to us still. Let your heart be animated by the love of Jesus to ardent activity for his glory. Amen. The title of our devotion is the is Rejoicing in Assurance. And our key text is taken from John 15 verse 7, which says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, what we are going to look at in this devotion is the evidence of abiding in Christ as shown in our prayers. As Jesus was teaching in the book of John 15, starting from verse 1 there, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's what Jesus was teaching. He brought this concept of he being the one we should depend on as we have been looking at that concept for the past three, four days now. Of Christ being divine, we the branches, just teaching the lesson of dependence and how without Christ we cannot achieve our purpose and goal in life, which is to reflect the image and the glory of God. We cannot do it. We can only do evil without Jesus. That's what we can do, just evil. But if we must do good, if we must fulfill the purpose in life, which is to fear God and keep his commandments and give glory to him, simply put, to have the character of God. If we must do that, we must depend on Christ. We cannot do it without depending on Christ. For more information on that, you can look at our devotion yesterday and day before yesterday, uh, which were titled Abiding in Christ and also the source of my strength to understand what it means to abide in Christ. Now, one thing that we would want to look at today is the prayers, the prayer of one who is abiding in Christ, how it shows that you are really abiding in Christ and the benefits also. We've looked at the benefits before, but more benefits and evidences. So it is really important to abide in Christ. What is the importance? The importance is as we see in verse uh, 3 downwards, it says in John 15 verse 3, Now you are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He who abides in me bears much fruit. That is the benefit. He who abides in Christ bears much fruit. If we must have fruit to the glory of God, which is the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness if these characters must be revealed in us we must abide in christ that's the benefit of always remaining in christ now god wants us to understand how important this is and now in john 15 verse 7 jesus changes the style of his statement he has been saying abide in me and i in you but this time take note of the difference He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He didn't say, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall ask what you will. But rather, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. What is Jesus trying to teach? He's trying to teach us that abiding in him means the study of his word, which when we put it in our minds, he then is abiding in us. If you abide in me, that is if you study my word in depth, 
study my word listen to me when i'm speaking to you and then i abide in you that is my words now become your principle of living my words now become your dogma it becomes your doctrine it becomes your everything my words abide in you ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you so abiding in christ like we have seen in previous devotions has a lot to do with the words of God, with the study of God, with the knowledge of God, because that's what you get by studying His words. You know Him by studying His word. And remember that we have been connecting knowing God and abiding in Christ. They are one and the same thing. Let me show you once again. 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. He whosoever abideth in Christ sinneth not. I stop there. You already know 1 John 3 verse 4 says that sin is the breaking of the commandments. So whosoever abided in Christ does not break his commandments. In other words, whosoever abided in Christ keeps the commandments. And I'm telling you that abiding in Christ means knowing God. Now, 1 John chapter 2 verse 3. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Whosoever says, I know him and keep it not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. You see there again, whosoever, here is how we know that we know him when we don't sin. Abiding in Christ helps us not to sin. To know God is the same thing that we do not sin. To make it even clearer, we can look at the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 24. There it says, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. That is, he that keeps the commandments abides in him. Remember that he that keepeth the commandments, it is he that knows him. So, to abide in Christ is to study the word and get a knowledge of God. Jeremiah 9.23, remember? Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, or the mighty man in his might, or the rich man in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, or abides in me. So, to abide in Christ is to study the word of God and to get a knowledge of God. And guess what happens? As you start to know God, your views of life start to change. You start to have his character. You start to see things the way he sees it. You start to love what he loves, hate what he hates. Gradually, you begin to grow. Not just loving what he loves, but the extent to which you love that thing continues to grow more and more. And you start to love it to the same extent he loves it. And then your hatred for the things he hates begins to grow deeper and deeper to the same extent that he hates it. And growing more and more, you become more like Jesus by listening. Not just talking too much, but sit down quietly. Listen to God and let him talk to you. Not from your mind, but from his word. It's not every whim that comes to your mind that you say, Oh, the Lord spoke to me. No, the Lord did not speak to you if that thing is not contained in his word. Don't say the Lord spoke to you when you have not studied his word and you bring things from your own human conjecture, from your imagination that is contrary to the word of God. If you are saying the Lord spoke to you, you have to check that thing with the word of God, whether it is in line with his teachings, his character, his principles. If it is not in line, then that spirit is not of God. That's why we are told, test all spirit. You are not supposed to raise the spirit above the word. The word is above the spirit. You cannot test the word. 
You cannot say the, you don't read any Bible that says test the word. The only way you can test the word, by the way, is not by asking people, but by practicing it and checking whether it say whether what it says will happen. You get that? You don't test the word by going to ask your pastor. Is it true that the, this thing is true in the word of God? No. Instead, you test your pastor, test your own imagination, test your your thinking by the word. And not to test the word by pastor says, my mother says, and my father says. So, if you are abiding in Christ, you must have his word dwelling in you. And the result is that your mind will be so transformed that your will will be like the will of God. And when it becomes like that, guess what happens? You start to ask for things that are in harmony with the will of God. Okay, our high calling page 147 paragraph 2. Precious are the privileges accorded him who abides in Christ. The mind of Christ dwells in his faithful followers. Their desires are in accordance with his will. Their petitions are indicted by his spirit. They obtain answers to their prayers. Why? For they ask for such blessings as he delights to bestow. So, when you are abiding in Christ, your prayers will show that you are really abiding in Him. You will start to ask for things that are according to His will. And you see, we have been quoting heavily from the book of First John. Because it is He also, in John, the book of John and First John, this is the teaching that He has to give to us from the Spirit. Talking about abiding in Christ, what it means to know God, and uh, what it means to love God. And there was something he said about asking according to the will. Remember, it's still John who wrote John 15 verse 7, which says that you ask for what you will and it shall be done unto you. Why? Because in 1 John 5 verse 14, he further explains and says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. But this is just towards the end of 1 John. And the reason why he's saying this is because we have become sons of God. 1 John 3 verse 1. He's saying that when you have passed through that process and you have become one with God, you have that confidence and you ask for things. And the things you will ask for will never be selfish. They will be things that are according to the will of God. And he will certainly hear you because now you are asking for things that are according to his will. This is the evidence that one is abiding in Christ and also the benefits. The benefit is not that oh, one who is abiding in Christ will ask for a car and it will be given to him while the one who is not abiding will ask for the same car and it will be given to him. No. The benefit is that one who is abiding in Christ will ask for things that are in harmony with God's will while the one who is not abiding in Christ will be asking for things that are not in harmony with the will of God. So what is the problem here? The one who is abiding in Christ will have his satisfaction. Why? Because his mind is now in like the mind of Christ. So he's not going to go through that trouble of feeling like the Lord is not with him or feeling like the Lord has abandoned him because he asked for something and it was not given to him. He's not going to have that trouble. Why? Because he's not even going to ask for things that are not in accordance to the will of God. But the one who is not abiding in Christ has troubles to pass through. Why? Because he will always be asking for selfish things. Like the book of James chapter 4 says, you, you war and you fight and you don't have what you want. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. That is verse 3 now. You ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. 
there is an asking that is not good and there is the one that is good you can tell that the person who james was referring to in the book of james 4 verse 3 was not abiding in christ because they were not asking according to the will of god they were asking wrongly to consume the things they ask according uh, on their lust on their selfish desires we have talked extensively on prayers at the beginning of this month where you can go back and look at uh, the, the devotions on may 1st down to may 5th talking about prayers especially you can look at may 3rd and 4th talking about how to ask according to the will of god or how to get your prayers answered so here we are looking at the concept of abiding in christ and prayers you see the one who is abiding in christ will ask selflessly because he has studied the word his mind has been transformed he has seen the selfless sacrifice of jesus on the cross he has seen how he does not deserve anything that he gets in this life so he now has the mind of christ so that he's not thinking of himself 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 rather his love is drawn out towards jesus and now he asks for things to glorify jesus he's not asking for things to glorify self but all he's asking for is lord i want to please you give me something the skills i need he's not going to be asking just for material things he knows his primary need is to be like jesus so his prayers are not going to be selfish he's going to be asking for a character development he's going to be asking for his sins to be taken away he's going to be asking for his character to be transformed to the image of god and he will receive answers to his prayers his prayers are not going to be selfish will he ask for material things yes he may ask for material things but the motive behind his asking will be so that he can bless others he'll be asking for them only to the extent that he can see how that thing is going to help him become more like jesus but he has to be get married oh yes he can ask to get married but not because he thinks marriage is a is an avenue for self-pleasure or is an avenue to happiness he's already happy she's already happy she does not need marriage to make her happy but the one who is not abiding in christ will be asking lord make me get married because they feel that marriage is an avenue to happiness oh no the one who's abiding in christ is already happy in christ they are looking at marriage as an avenue rather to glorify god because they see that there is some character development that can be gotten through marriage because they see that they can benefit someone else that they want to help their spouse to become more like god and they see that that their spouse is somebody that can influence them to become more like god they see it as an avenue to express their mercy their forgiveness their goodness and love they are not expecting that their spouse will never offend them but they know that it's an avenue for me to show how merciful i am and how forgiving i am and how loving i am they are not expecting to get 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 from marriage but they are expecting to give 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 because they have been transformed so when they are asking about marriage it's not going to be that selfish oh marriage source of happiness kind of asking oh marriage is pleasure asking no are they going to ask for material things yes they may but they will not be murmuring when they don't get it rather they will be happy knowing that they've left such things to the will of god to be given to them or refused to be given to them according to the will of god they will they will they will happily say lord let your will be done 
But those who are not abiding in Christ fear to say, Lord, let your will be done. They are afraid of it because they don't want anything to stop them from getting their selfish desires. This is the difference, selfishness and selflessness. Another difference between the one who is abiding in Christ and the one who is not, you'll find out that their prayers is going to be one that is humble. When they see themselves passing through trials, they know that the word of God says that you should be rejoicing in trials. James chapter 1, reading verse 3, or starting from verse 2. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience. But let faith, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. They know that passage. So when trouble comes, what do they do? They realize that this is an avenue for character development. The Lord wants me to develop either mercy, sincerity, faithfulness, patience, joy, peace, love. And these things cannot be developed except I pass through certain situations. So they are not going to be bitter, complaining, fretting, and murmuring, but rather they ask for strength. Lord, help me to do what you would have done were you to be in my situation. They see it as an avenue to build character. They are not worried. They are not troubled. They also understand that they don't even deserve any better. They know that their sins have separated them from God. They know that if the Lord was to treat them according to how they deserve, those who are abiding in Christ know that they don't deserve any better. Just like Job, they would say, The Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. They will not complain. They will not murmur. They will not fret. Because they understand that every good thing they have, they did not even deserve it. So when it is taken away from them, you won't hear them complaining. You will hear them murmuring and crying to God as if God did one evil thing to them. They don't take for granted the good things they have because they know they don't deserve it and it will show in their prayers. What's more, their prayers will be intercessory. They will love their enemies and they will be praying for those who are persecuting them and bless those who despitefully use them. Unlike those who are not abiding in Christ, they will pray for their enemies to die. They will be praying for their enemies to be destroyed. They don't love their enemies. They will rather want their enemies to they want to see them die because they are not abiding in Christ. Can you imagine? Deal those who are abiding in Christ knows the story of James and John when they walked with Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 9 and they were going to Samaria and the Samaritans didn't want Jesus to pass. James and John said, Lord, should we command fire to come down from heaven and destroy these people like Elijah? And the Lord was shocked and said to them, You know not one hour of spirit you what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save. So those who are abiding in Christ will know that. And they will walk in harmony with Jesus, knowing that Jesus died for the wicked people and doesn't want to see them lost. They will pray for them, like Moses in humility, who say, Lord, instead of destroying them, please destroy me. That is somebody who is abiding in Christ, not those who are saying destroy and kill them and kill them. These are evidences of those who are abiding in Christ. Your prayers will show that you are abiding in Christ. Also, like Elijah, their prayer will be earnest, persevering. It will not be dry, formal, and wordy, just being eloquent for eloquent's sake. But they will pray like one who believes. 
pray as though they know that what they are asking for they can receive it pray that pray as though they know that he who has told them to ask can actually do what he said he would do they will follow the style of prayer that jesus said because they abide in him you will see them standing in the marketplace and making a noise in prayer you will not see them praying lengthy prayers just to be heard you will see them making repetitive prayers you will not see them blabbing in their prayers and thinking that devils cannot hear their unintelligible gibberish they would say things that are reasonable and pray to the point short simple asking for just what they want in their closet privately not to be seen of men to be seen to make people think that they are righteous this is how their prayers will be and because of this jesus says because you are praying according to my will you shall ask what you will which is according to my will also and it shall be given unto you because your mind has become like my mind and you are asking for the things that is in harmony with my will indeed precious are the privileges of those that are abiding in christ because they are not troubled in their mind they have left themselves to god so that god can do what he wills in their life and they also are asking exactly for that what god wills and not their will and one thing again is they know that the lord does not leave them that's one thing we must understand god never leaves us we must know that he is always with us and abiding in christ they never separate from god and that's why we are told a high calling 147 paragraph 5 never never separate from jesus hebrews 13 verse 5 says i will never leave thee nor forsake thee that's why we must understand jesus never leaves us we are the ones who leave him he never rejects us we are the ones who reject him he said i will never leave thee and forsake thee even if you sin never is never jesus does not cast us off even when we grieve him by a thousand falls or million falls he never leaves us he clings to us still let your heart be animated by the love of jesus to ardent activity for his glory i was speaking to a friend recently who was convinced that the lord has left him because of his thousand sins against god because of his consistent falling into sin and i told him look young man sin has clouded your mind that you cannot see clearly again darkness has enveloped you that now you cannot even understand god's word again when he says to you i will never leave you or forsake you did he ever tell you that your sins can separate you from him the bible teaches that it is our sins that separate us from him we are the ones who go away but he never leaves us why are you blaming god for leaving you he was blaming god that god is the one that left him and that's why he's sinning and i said it's a lie you are the one who left him and now you are, your sins have made you think he left you, whereas he never left you alone. We must be able to press through the darkness when we sin against God and grasp the hold of faith and believe that the Lord has not left us because sin always makes us feel that way. And by faith, hold on to Christ and never separate from him. It's my prayer that we shall get this privilege and benefit of abiding in Christ. Amen. The text says that if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you hmm. but there are thousands the third paragraph says of prayers daily offered that God does not answer now let me read that again you see but there are thousands of prayers 
daily offered that God does not answer. Now, why is that so? I don't know whether you've observed that this is what is called the science of prayer. You see, prayer is very scientific. The principle of asking does not stand alone. Asking is to be connected with something called the wheel. If you want a solution to the issues of life, here is the true formula to, to be blended, solid and liquid. Now let's say that solid is the asking. You see things around you, problems. You see things that you want prayers to be answered. You want to make prayers. You want to ask. Those ones are solid. Now liquid is the will, the will of God. Now let the asking be submerged in the will, which is the, sol- the liquid. It will dissolve to form a solute. That's your solution now. Without the liquid, all your prayers remain concrete, solid. That's why it says thousands of prayers are not answered. So you see why the text started by saying, If ye abide in me, then you will ask with intelligence because you will know his will. So the problem is that we have not abide and then we want to ask. Everybody's asking, nobody's abiding. So the reason why thousands of prayers daily offered are not answered is because they are their will. The will is not according to the will of God. So the willnessness, there is no will of God in the prayer. So no will means no answer. Those prayers are not scientific as it were. We must spend time and endure. We must connect and remain with Christ. We must abide with Him. Now, Isaiah 40 verse 18 says, To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto Him? The workman melted the graven image, and the goldsmith spreaded it over with gold and casted silver chains. So, in speaking, God was speaking through Isaiah as an what do you imagine of the Lord? You think I'm an object made of stones and wood and silver? You see, a lot of people have molded Christ into stones and wood. They call the thing Christ. And so when they see it, they remember him. And so they, they, they kneel down and make crosses, make signs of the crosses. And so they talk to him. And in fact, we treat God no better than an idol a carved wood or a graven image where by people go and kneel in front of and then they, they speak to the idol without expecting words to come out of it in return. So we make our prayers even in the morning. We command the idol. We command Jesus. Command the angels. Command everybody thinking we are praying to Christ. Some people even shout the name of Jesus with such shocking and insulting gestures and and as if his ears are dull that he cannot hear. True reverence I'll read from Child Guardians 538 the sixth paragraph. True reverence for God is inspired by a sense of his infinite greatness and a realization of his presence. With this sense of the unseen the heart of every child should be deeply impressed. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. 
Psalms 87 verse 7. His name is to be revered. Reverence should be shown also for the name of God. Never should that name be spoken lightly or thoughtlessly. Even in prayer, its frequent or needless repetition should be avoided. Holy and reverend is his name. Psalms 111 verse 9. Angels, as they speak it, veil their faces. With what reverence should we, who are fallen and sinful, take it upon our lips? His word is sacred. We should reverence God's word. For the printed volume we should show respect, never putting it to common uses or handling it carelessly. And never should scripture be quoted in a jest or paraphrase to point a witty saying. Every word of God is pure as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5. Now you see, God deserves the highest respect to be offered in this world. Spend time with his word if you must know his will. The essence of true politeness is consideration for others. Have you shown proper respect for the master? Have you shown the eloquence of true politeness towards God? Shall his house be left as the last consideration? He is the one from whom all blessings flow. One way of showing true respect to people is by giving them your time. Spend quality time together. No wonder why God even cut out a date with us in the Sabbath of time. Every seventh day he demands that we honor the appointment with him. There are faithless prayers. The reading says in 147 third paragraph of our high calling. So they are faithless prayers. Talking about prayers that are not answered. They are selfish prayers. Proceeding from a heart that is cherishing idols. Now that we know that we are treating God no better than our idols. We must separate God from our idols. We must separate ourselves from our idols. They are petulant, fretful prayers, murmuring because of the burdens and cares of life instead of humbly seeking grace to lighten them. Now, this is where a lot of people think and they pray to God, okay, if you're God, you must do this for me, for me to know that you are God. Instead of praying that God gives us the grace to lighten the burden, we are actually seeking to prove, like our brother said, that if he is God, he must show us personally that he doesn't need to show you anything personally. You must bring your will into subjection to his will. Those who offer such petitions are not abiding in Christ. They have not submitted their will to the will of God. Now this beautiful line in the fourth paragraph says that they that are abiding in Jesus have the assurance that God will hear them because they love to do his will. You see the point? They love it. They love to do. Angels love to carry out the will of their master. They love to do his will. They offer no formal worthy prayer but come to God in earnest humble confidence as a child to a tender father and pour out 
the story of their grief and fears and sins and in the name of Jesus present their wants they depart from his presence rejoicing in the assurance of pardoning love and sustaining grace hallelujah may this reading the one especially that we've just read now may it become our experience as we show reverence for God and unite our will with his will and we see the assurance of his pardoning love and sustaining grace amen let us pray our father and our god we thank you we thank you especially for your words today having shown us the reason why many times and many prayers that has been off answered were because they were linked to your will and those that are unanswered is because of our selfish petulantness Help us, O oh Lord, to bring our will under your will, to bring our minds under your control, that we may love to do thy will, and we may make earnest prayers to thee, not a set form of words being repeated daily, that we may treat you as a friend and a father. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.